Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode 2023.3. I'm Rohan and as usual, I'm joined by Phil. Hey Phil. Rohan, how are we doing? Good. And as usual, this episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports Home Assistant and the ESP Home projects. Configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. All right, uh, let's talk 2023.3, not 2022.3, 2023.3. This is, I don't know why this is so difficult for me, but... Getting, getting used to the, the new year? Still? <laughs> yeah, I've actually just woken up. So, it's, it's you know, <laughs> I went to sleep, it was 2022, woken up, it's uh, almost yeah. March. No, um, yeah, so. There is actually something we did miss um, in mm-hmm. January, which is, and I uh, just noticed it the other day in my car, it's the release of Android auto support. Now, I know, Rahan, you are an iOS user. Yeah. So, this, you know, probably don't give any. Um, anything about this, but I was really impressed. Yep. Um, So yeah, I have an Android Auto head unit in my car and I was just scrolling through the new Android Auto update, you know, trying to fix up some settings here and there. And I saw Home Assistant was an app in there. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And yeah, yeah, color me like impressed. This thing is awesome. So uh, all the entities are exposed. It's, you know, easily easy to navigate. Um, So yeah, I have, so now I have the ability uh, when I pull up in the driveway, I can now unlock the front door from home assistant before I get out of the car. Um, so is, is it a different layout? Is it like, like, is there any, uh, it's not necessarily a layout. So Android auto apps are pretty restrictive in terms of like the UI design. Um, so yeah. it's got to be like big buttons, um, yeah. because you know, you've got yeah, to like, you're driving. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's like, yeah, the entities, like they, uh, like they have like standard, icons it looks like home assistant icons i'm guessing and just yeah. like laid in a grid buttons um it would be nice to be able to and maybe there is a setting i haven't looked at it yet restrict which entities are available because right now everything is in mm-hmm. there right so i can go in i go i think i went into the covers because i got my garage door as a cover um yep i don't you know that's the only cover i really care about in the car i don't want to yeah then i've got all my blinds in there as well right so scrolling through the blinds um just to find the garage cover was a bit annoying, but maybe there's a setting somewhere that I can uh, restrict that on. Otherwise, yeah, um, I was yeah really impressed. Um, so yeah, if you haven't, if you do have a, an Android device, um, the Android app just needs to be updated on your phone, and then if you've got an Android Auto head unit, you should be able to just access the app from within. Android yeah, I, I I love that where where it just kind of. Sh- shows up right you got it you got a new feature and you all you do is update and you're just like whoa now i have this cool thing yeah exactly um it's uh it's magical um speaking of new features so let's talk about some new features in uh in home assistant itself um so 2023.3 um i'm still struggling to say that for some reason um <laughs> it's it's um uh, so First, first and foremost, one of the cool things they did is um, restarting Home Assistant, right? So it sounds kind of silly. It's like when you restart Home Assistant, there's a few options. There's a couple of different places you can go to. Um, what they kind of did is they, they kind of almost took after Windows XP, right? Where you go to you go to um, the shutdown menu and there's, there's a couple of options there. Do you want to restart? Do you want to shut down? Whatever. 
Um, and they, they kind of took after that. Um, and essentially what you have now is you've got a new little window and you've got the, hey, do, do I want to do a quick reload? Do I want to restart Home Assistant? Um, or do I want to reboot the whole system, which uh, especially if you're using like a yellow or, or, a, or a Raspberry Pi, like a supervised um, install, or do I want to shut down that system, right? So there's a couple of options there. Um, and the nice thing is there some of these options were in different places. Um, mm. And now what, no matter what you click on, you get that pop up, right? So it's a nice unification of all of those different, uh, different pieces there too. And then... Even from a, there's a cool little uh, feature in there within there as well. So if you remember all those reload YAML buttons, um, now there's a quick reload button in there, which actually just goes in and essentially cycles through all of those, uh, all of those, uh, all of those buttons for you, right? So you don't have to go in one by one and reload automation, reload scripts, reload, you know, whatever, right? YAML yeah. entities and like. All that crap. This like feature is like such a good like it's not major, right? Like there's no new functionality here. It's all existing functionality. The only new functionality, of course, is the ability to do the entire reloading um, of YAML instead of having to press every individual button. But um, mm. I do like also that the restart Home Assistant banner changes depending on like, for example, I'm just here running the Docker container. So I don't need, you know, a full system reboot. You know, I just need to restart yeah, the you Docker can't, container. You can't do a full system reboot. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So yeah, like really impressed. Um, and yeah, like getting rid of like a quick, easy way to do all those different YAML auto reloading. Fantastic. Yeah. It's super cool. So it's, uh, it's nice. Um, I do also, yeah, um, another thing that's come in is so the assist or the home assistant assistant that was brought in the last release, um, has had some updates. So now you can have, you can ask the assistant, uh, what is the current state of devices? So is, you know, Rahan's lamp on, uh, for example, are all the windows closed? How many doors are open? Um, Currently, the English and Dutch intents are covered. Yeah. So, yeah, if you are a, a non-English speaker and you can help out with the other languages that we need to do this for, it's all open source. Um, get into the GitHub repos and yeah, make some c contributions. It would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and, and we talked about that in the last episode too, in the last release episode. It, it, it's it's not like you need to be an expert coder. Or you need to do any of that stuff. You basically just right. need to know a language. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, easy, easy way to contribute back to the, you know, open source project, right? So, um, couple of new things too, uh, is cleaner entity information dialogue. So when you look at an entity, um, there's before along the top, you would see a bunch of different options, right? A bunch of different tabs to go to the device information. So normally when you start off, you'd see like, you know, whatever the power graph or, or whatever, whatever, uh, information related to that entity, like whatever it's just, whatever it's information it's giving you. Um, but then they moved all of that into a, um, one of those like little triple dot menus. So you click on there, uh, and again, and then you get a couple of options underneath. So device info and related devices. So basically they've just taken that, those different tabs and moved them to a different spot. It's a 
it's one extra click. Um, I get it, but it, it just makes things cleaner for stuff that you're typically not going to use. Right. So, um, and if you do want it, it's there and there's a little settings pane there too, where you can go in and, and, uh, and do that. I must say like, this is a, a pretty controversial change. I think, um, I know, I don't think this more entity, like this dialogue has been changed in forever. Right. Like, Ever since I like yeah. even before like when we we're still like on zero or something, I just remember uh, this whole thing. Um, I do really appreciate the cleanup of the related devices. Um, mm-hmm. That thing I yeah used all the time. It was just yeah uh, an absolute pain in the neck to find. You know I need to find the device. Not I don't care about the automation. I don't care about what scripts are in it. I just want the device. So having that yeah. in there um, is much cleaner. Um, yeah, I, I I like the colors, um, you know, the control of lights. It's much more user-friendly. Um, I do think, though, um, it would be nice, and obviously this is first iteration, but I would love to see, um, you know, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with things like covers, you know, blinds, um, all the different types of device classes that we have and how they can be mm-hmm. controlled. Because so I think there's, um, you know, fans, climate, all that. Like, I think this is going to be, a great step forward. And I think this actually came from the state of the union last year that was sort of demonstrating how this is going to, to work. So I think that's going to yeah be a game changer. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so with the, with the new dialogues as well, one thing you got to keep in mind is um, when you go down to the slider all the way down to zero. So there, there's a couple of action things there that are a little different than, than what you might be used to. So a lot of times, for example, in I think in Apple, if you go all the way down, like if you slide uh, your slider all the way down, it actually takes it down to off, mm. right? Whereas here, it takes it down to like just before one percent, right? Yeah, and then and then you have to click on the power button to actually turn it off. So, um, yeah, I like that. I I prefer that. Actually, no. so. I don't I don't mind that either. I mean, either way, I think I'm used to the slide it all the way down and, and it's off kind of thing, mm. but uh, I don't I don't mind it either way. All right. Um, Python 3.11 support is landing as of this release. Um, it's not currently available for Home Assistant OS or the containers. Um, so there are a few little quirks that are still being worked out. But if you are running Home Assistant um, with a you know pip install by yourself on your own hardware, mm-hmm. you can use 3.11. There are some breaking changes that we'll flag a bit later on for you too. Yeah. Um, this is a cool one because I don't really use it, but it's, I still think it's pretty neat, is uh, Real Link. So the Real Link integration now lets you update your the firmware of your camera, um, control zoom and control autofocus. The zoom and autofocus part, fine, cool. I actually really like the update firmware part because that's something where I don't have to go out of my way into the real link piece itself and then go update the firmware and stuff like that. Cause does it actually again, do as, it from a home assistant or is it just the telling you that an update is available? I don't know. I, I, I read this as it actually does it for you. Um, and, and again, correct us if we're wrong, put it in the comments, um, in mm. on, on YouTube, if you're watching this, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I I see a ton of value with something like that, right? Because especially with IoT devices, again, it, IoT devices are typically uh, entry point for attackers for for 
um, you know, putting in like malicious firmware and, mm. you know, getting into your network, yada, yada, yada. Right. So the best way to keep against is, is, is uh, again, obviously isolating your, your devices, things like that. But beyond that is also keeping your firmware up to date, right? A lot of times those contain security patches and, and so on. Um, so I actually really, really like the fact that if, if we can actually keep it, uh, keep it updated through there, um, or even if nothing, even if it does tell you just, Hey, go update your camera. Yeah. It, it's a great first step at least. Right. Um, so. Cause I know like in my Z-Wave network, it does offer like a whole bunch of entities now, right? Like this device mm-hmm. has a firmware update. It doesn't do the firmware, it just says yes or no, there's an update available. Same with like yeah. hacks integrations and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I think if we can get to the point where we can manage those uh, and, and, and it becomes very difficult because obviously every provider does their um, That's it, right? updates and stuff differently. So it, it's very difficult. Hopefully with again, Zigbee, Z-Wave, Matter, all of that, hopefully that introduces one less hurdle. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. The open API conversation integration now has options to customize it to your liking. Um, so oh, the open AI. The, yeah. Yeah. The, huh. the open AI, yeah, the conversation. Um, so yeah, you can customize, I, I'm guessing you can change the way it interacts with you. Um, maybe pretend to be a pirate or something. Um, I guess, yeah, there's a, an interesting use case. Hopefully that'll then translate into a, a voice assistant later. That'd be nice. I wonder if you could get it to like <laughs> pretend to be like a star ship, you know, like from the enterprise or something, right? Like a, a star Trek, you know, computer <laughs> or something, right. And, and have it talk to you in that sort of robotic voice, not the voice, but you know, yeah. like the tone in the, in obviously it's going to be text. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or even, you know, like Game start, of Thrones. Start journaling with it. Start date 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. You're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. All right. So in state conditions, now you can use um, now you can use uh, templates in the for uh, parameter, right? So um, let's say you have a entity for exa- or a condition, for example, where you can say, hey, like, Somebody is not home for mm. X amount and Y amount, right? Like whatever, this many minutes and this many hours, whatever. Um, when you bring that into a template, you never used to be able to have that for. Now you can do that. So this is really interesting. So I have uh, a couple of use cases that I've done this like, you know, yeah. you know like uh, let's say uh, one example is our bedroom air conditioner, right? Summer at the moment. Um, so if it's after a certain amount of time, we're generally going to bed. So the yeah. air conditioner turns on immediately. But if we, if it's before then, I don't want the air conditioner to turn on immediately. I want it to wait, you know, for the room to be occupied for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So previously, what I'd have to do is, you know, have a couple of different conditions, you know, make sure that if it's before this time and the room has been occupied for this amount of time, do this. So now I can potentially just do that via a template um, in the one condition block. Um, you know, yes. if the time is less than... Uh, 9 p.m. Uh, wait for 15 minutes. Otherwise, if it's after 9 p.m., only wait you know 10 seconds or something for the room to be occupied. So yeah, pretty yeah. handy. All right, some new integrations that I had uh, landing in this episode. Uh, I've got it looks like I've got the, uh, the the weird one to try and pronounce. Uh, <laughs> what is that? 
Dormacabo D key. So connect and yeah. control your Dormacabo D key Bluetooth low energy locks. Um, Dormacaba? So Dormacaba? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but Bluetooth smart lock now available in Home Assistant. Love it. Yeah. There you go. Easy energy. So it retrieves uh, the dynamic uh, energy and and gas prices from Dutch the Dutch utility company Easy Energy. So um, I think it does that hourly. So that's mm, cool. That's cool. I still have my energy being done by my old energy provider API. I think I still have technically I have an API access from them still. So um, I just use their pricing to get the live yeah, updates. So it's, it's, it sounds like you have a somewhat in touch energy provider. So it's, mm, uh, I, my, I, I have like, I have like virtually no, no hope of that. So it's, 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 it's oh. dude, I, I just started getting electronic water billing, right? Like, Ooh, like my wow. email they used to, but it's, it's weird. I still have to call it in. So it's a yeah, system. And I, have- I guess I can't, I can't talk too much smacks. I actually used to work for that group at some point <laughs> in the <laughs> municipality. <laughs> But uh, in the municipality that I live in, but uh, it's uh, you, you, there's this like, I don't know, like a 1-800 number or something like that. You dial yeah. it, you call them and it's like, okay, enter your like, I don't know, like 12 or 14 or something's digit account number. And you're just sitting there yeah. like beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, 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 for like a minute. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, enter your like, enter your whatever, six digit or eight digit, whatever water meter reading. You mm. type it in, and then and that somehow translates it back into um, into uh, one of those systems. Um, and Seems then eventually, s- simple. Like. It's, it's simple, but it's really stupid. Like I don't yeah. know. Like it, it's this isn't something that I in twenty twenty three. This isn't something that I need to do. Mm. This is something that that can get figured out automatically, right? Like or is it or do something like give me an app and I can just pop in the numbers mm. and call it a day. Like I'm signed in. I don't need to. Yeah. So I, what they do is every other, every other bill. So once every six months it's, and I'm billed like um, every quarter mm-hmm. for my water. But uh, so every other bill, they do an estimate or so, sorry, they do, they actually come in and like come to your door and check like our outside yeah. the, like the meter, they go in and check. Um, and so I'm just like, all right, I'll just, get an estimate one and then they'll make me whole in the next because i honestly mm. just couldn't be bothered to do it it's just such a waste of my time right it's, is there a potential to automate that with like the twilio integration and home assistant and getting like the ocr reader reading your so, meter? so there there is and i've actually thought of doing that and and again i've got everything for it i've got a camera that i have with like a magnetic base and stuff like yep. that honestly it's not worth my effort like i i they're they're every other bill, they're going to give me an actual reading. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're not going to put the effort into modernizing your crap, I'm, I'm not going to bother doing it either. No right? point so, doing it at all. Right? No, no, exactly. It's, it's, um, I, I don't know how other regions or other municipalities are, are like, like how, what, what do you do, Phil? Like how, how does your water get billed? Uh, I believe it is all smart meeting, metering now, I think. Um, yeah. Otherwise, um, for the gas, I know for sure that someone comes around to each house and yeah, looks same. at the reader. Like, but they don't. We don't have to phone it in or anything. Um, and if they don't, if they can't get access to the property, you know, maybe the gate was shut and they can't find the meter, then they will, you know, same thing. They'll estimate it, and until the next one, 
then you'll get a. You, I'm, I guarantee you there is no loophole to like get cheap gas or energy out of this. Like they will eventually no. get the right amount. Um, and I mean, eventually it works out, right? Yeah. Let's say you start at zero. You're, they estimate 10 tomorrow. You're 20. Cool. I don't well, even see whatever. why you would have to bother with the phone call. Like that seems like they could just I, I, I don't. the whole phone number. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. there's actually zero point. And like, it, it's nice because they do have services for like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have any mobility issues or if mm. you're elderly, you can't like, you know, it's in an awkward spot. You can't necessarily bend down, whatever. Uh, they do have like where they'll come every, every billing cycle and check it. I'm like, but that just, I'm not going to use that just cause that takes away from somebody else's mm. service. Right. That, that where, where they actually need, I don't need it. I'm just lazy. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, and I'm just <laughs> strongly against what they want me to do. <laughs> Um, but I guess, you know, for maybe some people, if they, they want an accurate bill, maybe they can't, they don't want just the estimate. Yeah, right yeah, case, yeah, exactly. You know, for whatever reason. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon. Or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. But I got to say, they're, at least from what I see, their estimates are actually fairly accurate, right? Like it's um, like it'll be off by a few bucks and it, like yeah. it's not like it's not like they're like they're putting me out like a hundred bucks every other reading because at that point i might care yeah right um but but that's not the case at all so it's uh i don't know i guess it's, good. it's one of those things um but yeah all right uh tp link omada sdn controller is now uh which, which is a like uh, i guess they've got a whole variety of different uh devices, so network switches, access points, uh, internet gateways, they're now available as an integration in Home Assistant, so you can control those. Yeah. Um, we don't have this on the list, but I'm going to talk about it anyways because I'm pretty excited um, in, terms <laughs> of the, in terms of the BLE integrations. Um, one, of the, one of the ones that's coming out is the um, SwitchBot Tilt integration. So that Ooh. is the blind... Um, controller like the venetian blind controller right like the slats yep. uh, style um i just ordered a couple of these again i don't know if they're good or bad um somebody yeah somebody i know and, and he actually listens to the podcast so he was he was texting me uh, as a friend of mine and just been texting me being like oh i got these is like i wonder when it's coming in and then and on the creator's call frank talked about it and i was like oh man guess what it's coming in <laughs> whatever and uh and uh, i'm pretty excited for it just because again i bought this thing with the intent that eventually, hopefully, it'll it'll come in. I think it I comes mean, in like next week on like a, I don't know, like my shipping estimates like next week, uh, maybe week awesome. or Friday or something like that. So I'm like, okay, cool, like that'll be neat. Um, yeah, so it should be. 
hopefully this is in time and it just picks up in home assistant and, uh, and does it, but it's cool. It's like, like a small little unit. It is expensive, mm. um, for what it is. I think it's, it's grossly expensive for what it is. Um, but it, it does, like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like it's, I know there's a lot of people that, that DIY it and stuff, mm. but I know if I DIY it, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be ugly horrible. and yeah. I'm going to get yelled at. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, uh, and, 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 and in all honesty, I, I would agree with my wife in, you know, you're, you're doing all of this stuff and you're putting effort into making the house look nice. And then, and then this is, this is what you did. Right. So it takes away from it. So, um, I'm excited. I've got blinds right on, you can't see it. It's off camera, but it's, it's, uh, just to the left of me. Yeah. And, uh, especially when I'm on, on calls or, or on, again, we're, we're putting this on YouTube, right? So mm. I, I want my lighting to be somewhat nice. Um, it's, uh, which is very difficult with a bright facing, uh, window right next to me, or sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's whatever. You can still kind of see it on my side here. I've been trying to adjust mm. for it, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for that integration. Um, and again, because it's BLE based, assumably it just I turn it on and bam, it just shows up as a new integration. Um, so, yeah. So I have a couple of the switch bot switch spots right like that yeah, just push yeah the, the button. original button push thing, yeah. yeah um and i so long before home assistant even had the integration with like bluetooth that they've got now i was running i think there was someone had created either a python or a node um docker container that could be run on like a raspberry pi to act as a hub um and it yeah. was essentially then yeah. push that i think i then pushed it into mqtt um, and so then I could, you know, through MQTT or a REST API, I could then tell the switch bot to just push the button. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would assume now with them being native and not needing to go through, you know, any random Docker containers or Raspberry Pi somewhere, yeah, yeah you should just see it as a, like a switch it's, in home assistant. Yeah. And, and I mean, kudos to whoever built that, right? Because again, mm. it, it was, uh, you're doing it before it was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and, and no, but, but I genuinely do mean that, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you saw the problem, but I mean, unfortunately at the time, the problem was being solved by needing like three other tools to, yep. uh, solve it. Right. So I wonder if you'll be able to get like real time updates with the switch bot. Will it be able to tell you the blinds are 50% open, hundred percent open, in real time like like after the fact yeah i i don't know because i know there is an override to it right like mm. I, i've been again i haven't played with these i don't have it yet but i've been told that um you can actually manually like oh, turn the turn the thing all, all this is is it's it's literally a little like cup that that goes around or like a cuff i guess is a better yeah. better way to say that goes around the wand that you would turn for the to open and close your blinds yep um and it's just a motor attached to that to, to actuate that. So um, I don't know what would happen if I like disengage or whatever and manually turn it. Um, mm. I would assume that it's not going to work, but I don't know if they do like a reset where they would like close it and then bring it back to that position or something like that. Right. Where it's uh, something. Yeah. That's interesting. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's cool. I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, it's actually something that uh, I was telling my wife about, and she's like, 
oh my God, just spend the money, get it. And and because <laughs> the front of, because the front of our house, the, the, where my blinds are, where my office is, yeah. is the front of my house and people walking by and stuff can tech, you know, can usually look in mm. and, uh, and we've got a washroom right in the next room and stuff like that. Right. So it's like, it's, it's sometimes awkward for people walking by and it's like, and if the window is still open at night and, and I'll, I'll always like leave some of the, like, again, as part of my automation, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of Govi lights behind me, um, which, which turn on and, uh, I've got another Govi LED strip, uh, just to the left of me. And, uh, yeah, so people can see in the room and again, I've got my camera, my lights and stuff like that. My laptops here. Yeah. And, especially uh, once the blinds left open, it's just like straight into the house. Like yeah. it's just yeah, it's just it, it's not even like I'm not worried about people being like uh, like oh like let's go break in whatever. It's just a privacy thing, right? And yeah. and and uh, and I always get yelled at for leaving the the blinds open past like like when it's dark because a lot of times mm. if I'm on a call, it changes the lighting unevenly or it's just unprofessional. If I'm like okay, like hold on one second, and I get up and 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 do that. So um, I just yeah. I, it, 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 it solves a problem for my wife more so than me. And, uh, and she's behind it. So, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, yep. super excited for that. Well, can't wait. I have two spare switchbot button pushes. I have not been able to find a use case for, I guess this is the problem of have like going first party smart everything, right? Like yeah. most people would say, yeah, put it on a kettle or something. Well, I've got a, a Wi-Fi kettle, right? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't need a switch bot for that. So if anyone's got any ideas on what I can use to get those switch bot to push, um, yeah, YouTube comments or feedback at hasspodcast.io, um, I'd like to hear some creative users for a little switch bot button pusher that are out there. Yeah. A fun one that I've heard is, uh, if we remember a very long time ago, we had XBMC nut, um, mm. I think Pete, um, yep. and, and he basically built the, his coffee machine automation for the, for the Breville Barista Express or whatever it's called, uh, which required a lot of, uh, you know, you have to open it up, put a relay in the, behind it, uh, behind the power yeah, button, whatever. So it's like you're virtually pushing the button, right? Mm. Um, I think he used the Shelly one. And, and, and the reason I know this is because I have one of those coffee machines and I'm like, oh, I, this is actually really cool. And, uh, and somebody was like, why don't you just stick a switch bot in front of it? And it just pushes the button on the outside, right? Uh, so that's, that's a good use for it, I think. But it, it's also I have one the of same those. same coffee makeup, but I don't drink yeah. coffee. So I'm less inclined to, uh, <laughs> to automate good, that. Good thing you spent <laughs> the money on that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. All right. Let's talk some breaking changes um, after our. Slight uh, tangent there. Um, on the MQTT side, so the behavior for receiving values on sensors that expect numeric values have been changed. Um, so now on um, a none value or a render val or a value that's rendered to none will set a uh, sensor to an unknown state. Right. So that means if we, if we have a something that comes up as none, it's just automatically going to be unknown. So make sure you know that. Um, I know a lot of people that listen to us have MQTT as automate, uh, MQTT, mm-hmm. uh, running and then build automations based on that. So understand that. Um, and then for empty value center sensors. So if it just sends out a blank, um, essentially those will be ignored and, uh, and, it won't affect the state of the sensor. So it's just literally 
no no characters in between anything. Just it's just got to be ignored. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think amputees yeah very popular. So do watch out for yeah. that one. Um, all right, profiler. So the profiler dot memory service is not available when using Python three point eleven. So this is due to an incompatibility with the needed dependency for the service. It will return if and when the used guppy3 package becomes available with Python 3.11 compatibility. So if you have upgraded to Python 3.11 and you do rely on the profiler.memory service, um, you can't use it. I'm guessing that's also going to be the same when the Home Assistant OS and container upgrade as well. So yeah, hopefully before those containers upgrade, this service, uh, this underlying package gets an upgrade. Um, but yeah, that may be just something that we have to forgo for the short term. Yeah. Um, JS bump. If you're updating, update ZWebJS. Yeah. Make sure you do that. Um, right. that, that was actually a uh, fun fact. That was actually one that Phil caught wasn't in the notes. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's Phil's contribution fully back to the community. Yep. You're that's welcome people. First. It's, yep. uh, <laughs> No, that's okay. All right. Um, no, so one thing I did want to mention, though, is um, a big shout-out to Daniel who emailed in feedback at hasbrocast.io. Yeah. Um, so, Ron, we were talking about how you got your smart vacuum cleaner, um, yeah. and I was like, yep, yeah, that's cool. So I was in – so we have a local, like a Best Buy store. It's called JB Hi-Fi down here, um, and they have like – the smart home section. They've also everything, every place now has robot vacuum cleaners, right? It's the rage. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I think you said it was a an eco or a D-Bot or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so D-Bot, X1, yeah. Omni. Yeah. And I was looking at all sure. these like uh, robot vacuum cleaners in JB and I just, yeah, like I was overwhelmed. Like which one is compatible with Home Assistant? And then you like go down the rabbit hole. Of, my general go-to is, Go to the home assistant docs, look out, um, you know, what's available. And then you're like, Xiaomi's got a vacuum cleaner. Is it, I just, yeah, it's a whole kerfuffle to work out, you know, yeah. what cloud dependent, what's not. Um, so anyway, Daniel, he uh, is a champion. He's emailed in and he said, I was just listening to episode 2023.1 on the way to work this morning. Um, and Rohan mentioned he got the new robot vacuum. Yeah. I just wanted to bring Veltodu. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. Veltodu. I think that's pretty valid. That's yeah, I think it was um, Veltodu. I don't know. Yeah, to your attention. Um, so we'll leave a link in the show notes on haspodcast.com. So it's an open source cloud-free software for a bunch of robot vacuum cleaners. Um, so. Daniel says, I picked up my vacuum based on the supported list and I have mine flashed with Valitudo with fully local control. So essentially you'll be replacing the local operating yeah. system on the vacuum cleaner. Um, so then you can, you know, uh, same as if you would like flash Tasmoda on one of those devices to get local like ESP home or whatever running on it. Um, unfortunately, the one Rohan bought doesn't appear on the list, but I just Smart, wanted to yeah. give a heads up for anyone looking at getting a new robot vacuum. It's definitely worth looking at. So that is a resource I'll be using if and if I ever need to get a robot vacuum. Um, I think that's a great little shout out for everyone too. Yeah, I've, I've actually known about Valitudo for for a while. So a couple of uh, a couple of folks I know um, used Valitudo uh, today, um, mm -hmm. and and I actually did look before I bought this one. Um, but it's just like the features I wanted. None of the none of the supported ro uh, robots I believe had it. 
Um, so one thing to know as well is make sure you look at the instructions on how to flash it because some some of it is a little bit advanced, right? Where you have to open up the open uh, up the uh, it's the worst the bot and and flash it, right? Uh, again, they make it hard on purpose. Yeah, um, I know some Roborock uh, ones are uh, supported. So like the Roborock V1 or the Xiaomi ones, uh, pre-2022, mm. pre-March 2020, um, and the Roborock S5 can be done um, over the air. Um, but uh, some of the other ones you need, uh, you need to actually open it up and uh, and and kind of flash it that way. Um, if you're okay doing that, then, then fantastic. Right. Um, the, I, I know, um, I don't remember the exact model numbers, but, uh, one of the ones that, uh, that a friend of mine has is the dream, uh, robot vacuum D R E A M E. And that mm-hmm. is supported. Uh, and, and I think that one also, you need to open it up, but you don't need to like rip it apart. You just need to, uh, there's just some pins, uh, like header pins that you can uh, connect to, I believe, and then just uh, update it that way. So um, it is definitely very, very cool software and shout out to whoever's built it. Um, I just, I just find it hilarious that uh, the, the URL for this is uh, valitudo.cloud, but the, <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the, the tagline is literally free your vacuum from the cloud. So it's, <laughs> it's actually the exact opposite of cloud. So I, uh, I appreciate the uh, the irony in your uh, in your uh, URL there. Um, Is there any reason why you like knowing this before you got your vacuum that you didn't use one of these vacuum cleaners? Was it just aesthetics? Like you preferred the vacuum cleaner that you got over aesthetics, or it was just you couldn't be bothered to do this? No, it, it's it's actually because I wanted I wanted the um, I wanted map mopping and I wanted uh, vacuuming and I wanted the self clean whatever like i said this was like a christmas present to myself where it was definitely a splurge purchase i i in no way like like could i have lived perfectly fine without this absolutely right like it it was just a really like i don't know it it was one of those like treat yourself kind of purchases (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, but it but it's it's i actually really like it so it was between this and the roborock s7 i want to say and then, and, and again, like these guys throw in like pro max ultra, like whatever. Right. Oh, it's uh, yeah. You can like, never work the, out. What does that even mean? It's the, yeah. It's, it's so stupid. Like this one is the Ecovax D bot X one Omni. Like you couldn't, you couldn't just come up with a simpler yeah. name, like, like good, better, best. B1, okay. B2, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but this one, it, uh, mops, it, uh, vacuums, and then it actually goes back, empties itself, cleans the mop. Um, and that one and the Roborock S7 both, I believe, have that same kind of feature. Yeah. Um, it's just this was like $800 cheaper, um, at least in Canada. Um, I think in the U.S. they're they're equivalently priced. But uh, this one was way cheaper uh, for me to get by by a pretty decent margin. So I got this one. Have you had any issues with the cloud? Uh, no, I did have to just at one point I just had to like reboot it, like off, turn it off and on again. Yeah. Um, when I first got it, I don't know what weirdness. Yeah. But it was just, no, no, no. Like it's like actually on, in the, on the robot itself. Um, The robot itself can, can, uh, I I believe that's where the Wi-Fi uh, connection comes from is actually the the actual vacuum cleaner, not the base. Yeah. I might be wrong there, but that's, that's what I believe happens. Um, 
So, but there's also a little switch on there, but it's not like I have to like rip it open or anything like that. It's just, I just lift off the magnetic cover and just flip the little switch. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't a hard fix. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've had no issues thus far, but again, it is, it is a fear for such a pricey product that tomorrow they could just shut down. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and it does work without it. It just, it loses all of its intelligent features, right? Like, like, so like internal mapping and all of that uh, stuff. Cause it does do, it does have like a little LIDAR thing and it maps the rooms and. Concerning that it needs the internet for that. Like, I know. I know. Um, yeah. It's, I don't, I, I don't love that. Um, I've seen a few comparisons on, uh, on YouTube and stuff like that, that a lot of people have done. But, um, I, I, again, I, I know, I know what I did. I know why I did it. Um, I (laughs) wish it wasn't, um, what's it called? I wish it wasn't, uh, as dependent on the cloud. I just, it's, I couldn't find a exact, pretty much exactly these features without a cloud dependency. Right. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. There was, uh, yeah, there's a few people that have done videos on this on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, don't know. I, I still like it. I, I it goes off every day, and I still get uh, I still get excited. So um, <laughs> you just like seeing it walk going around doing its thing. That's right. That's right. No, um, the hookup actually did a really good uh, good video on the X1 Omni versus the S7 Max V or whatever, and then yeah. the Roomba iRobot. Uh, combo of uh i think the j7 and the m6 or j7 plus I, again stupid names right like it's oh, yeah um so and uh i don't know why i was like oh okay these like the the x1 and the s7 have like really good like like dog poop detection i don't own a dog <laughs> so <laughs> but it was definitely a selling feature <laughs> um <laughs> in case in case i ever do get one but uh yeah but uh, he does put them to the test. The X1 was definitely the worst when it came to the cloud uh, dependency. Um, but yeah, check out that video too. It was, uh, he actually did a pretty good uh, in-depth review of of those. So Yeah, nice. Cool. All right, well, uh, it was only 20 days, I guess, because February is a, t- a short month. So it was only 20 active development days or something like that um, since the last release. So yeah, pretty light release this one. But yeah, UI tweaks are coming so it's good um yeah i think the, the biggest change is going to be that restart menu very big fan of that rohan anything else for the for today i think that's it i went off on a couple of tangents so that's uh that's pretty good it's <laughs> other than that, i have a whole lot now cool all right speak to you in the next one cheers. all right cheers if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.